0: Hello and welcome. My name is Tiffany Farrag, and welcome to Get to Know You Cafe. In my mission to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, I wanted to hear from you listeners on last week's question and discussion. Last week, Samo Morningstar and I discussed the question, should we identify our traumas from the past? We received a number of responses to further deepen dialogue. Joining us today on the Get to Know You Cafe is Mary Ellen Flesher from an upcoming podcast. Welcome, Mary. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. So earlier you were given the topic from last week's podcast to reflect and you've also listened to the episode. Prior to listening to the different responses, what are your thoughts on the discussion?
1: Yeah, um, well, I was very excited about discussing this topic. Um, I thought that, uh, you know, the topics and the points that Soma Morningstar brought up were so important and things that we could reflect on in our own lives to see where we have trauma in our life. You know, I do believe that we all have traumas throughout our whole life. You know, we are even born into trauma because we go through, <clears throat> excuse me, we go through the process of birth and that can be traumatic in and of itself you go from being you know contained and warm and safe in your mother's womb and then through this just really scary horrific experience and that can be traumatizing and i think these these small traumas we don't see them as traumas you know we just kind of keep moving through life and not really realizing that we're all carrying and holding these wounds, um, that then we do pass on, you know, some, if we're holding wounds, and we don't realize it, we can't easily pass that on to our next generation to our loved ones. Um, So I think that she really brought up a lot of important topics that are good for us to realize and to, um, to reflect on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do you think, um, you, as you mentioned there, the way we come into the world is a traumatic thing that we have to heal from, like just the way we're either it be a C-section or the natural birth kind of way? Is that a traumatic thing, would you call
1: Yes, way? I do believe that. So I teach breathwork, and one of the, um, the things that breathwork helps with is healing our birth trauma. So that could be simply, you know, if you think of having an umbilical cord around your neck and feeling that suffocation or simply just moving through the birth canal and being squeezed so tight and feeling your mother's pain and feeling the this the fear of, you know, maybe your your father's in the room and you can feel his fear and so all of this stuff does, I believe, get uh, programmed into us, whether that's through our DNA or just simply through feeling. I mean, our nervous systems are so deeply connected to each other. I don't think that we really fully understand how much our nervous systems um, re, uh, affect each other, right? So if you think about, um, you know, m- maybe as an example, going into an angry crowd, you're going to feel that energy. Mm. Even if you're not angry about whatever the crowd's angry about, you're going to feel that energy. It's going to affect your nervous system. So yeah, we're really, really deeply affected by each other.
0: Yeah, sure. Do you, would would you say like, a, like, as you're saying that, like, Not a lot of people are in tune with that, though. Not a lot of people are in tune with the energies that they feel from others. But I would say a baby is probably, the you know, when you're just coming out of the womb, you know, you'd probably be feeling the most. So I can see how what you're talking about, you're taking on the energy of of what's in the room, and that's probably why this, you know, although the baby's starting to breathe the minute they come out of the womb, that's probably alarming on its own as to why there's a lot of crying and and things um, that the baby kind of, Uh, expresses yeah uh, probably a lot of that too is the emotion that's we don't know but i'm I'm assuming it's the emotion that's in the room that you're um, picking up on yeah 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 Yeah, i do believe that yeah it's, it's very interesting um so We have some responses from some people. They share their perspectives, some maybe raise some questions. They're all from different parts of the world. So our first response is from Kylie from California. She said, when listening to the episode, I was surprised to hear the theory about the traumas that can be attributed to your mother not having an orgasm during conception. I would love to hear some perspectives about that. Yeah. What did you think when you heard that part? I had... (laughs)
1: <laughs> I've never heard that before, but it makes yes. so sense to me. Why did me? it make sense? To you? I do not doubt that that. So, um, you know, we're so deeply connected to our mother when we're in the womb, but we also have the genes of our mother and father, right? And so th- research has now been showing that we are passing traumas through our genes. Um, one of the studies was uh, um, done on mice and the the mice were shocked, electrically shocked, wh- while having the smell of a, a certain flower in the room. So they're being shocked and they're smelling the smell. And then they studied their offspring and then the next generation, and they found that both of those following generations, just by the scent, that certain smell... It triggered anxiety and stress oh. responses in those in those offspring, which is mm-hmm. fascinating, right? Because they weren't being shocked, but they were still having the same response and other examples are studies for um, like holocaust survivors and their offspring and their grandchildren having more mental illness than other um, mm. you know other people. so it is. It is something that I think science doesn't fully understand, but they're starting to research it and understand that we are passing traumas down. So specifically, the idea of the woman not having an orgasm, I think that gets really into our societal structures And our um, judgment of our feminine qualities versus our, um, you know, approval of the more masculine qualities. So we grow up believing, like, you know, maybe through this this passed down belief that the man's pleasure is more important, right? And so it's just a subconscious thing that when you're being intimate with someone, you know, a woman could fake an orgasm just to, just to, you know, okay, I don't feel like it, whatever, but that could be seen as like a a micro aggression toward yourself. Or if Mm. a man doesn't care about the woman's orgasm and is just there to be, you know, get their own pleasure that could be considered a microaggression or maybe a big aggression if they're really being aggressive about it and taking what they want right so those mini aggressions or big aggressions are traumatic you know and in the way we respond to a traumatic event each of us responds in a different way for some that might not be traumatic and for some that might not leave any kind of mark but for others you know if you say you're the woman and you really want this man to love you and he doesn't and you can feel that and then you end up conceiving that just the feeling of not being fully loved or seen or accepted is so traumatic and then I do believe that that is just another part of the programming that gets passed down through generations. Yeah. So oh. it makes so much sense to me yeah. that that could leave marks on the, the offspring, the, the baby.
0: Yeah, yeah sure absolutely I think a lot of people when they think of traumas or things that's genetically passed down they just automatically go okay if your mother had depression you have you know it's it, you know they think of the condition that your parent had and then okay that's the that's what will be passed down but not not per se like an event that affected my parent in this way or not that with an example about the mice that smelled was also carried out with the with the offspring, which is quite interesting. I wonder if they're able to do like more fine tuning to to assess humans and um you know see if if like a sound affects the offspring in the same way it affected the the um the person who went through the traumatic event. And this,
1: yeah, like as yeah. a trigger, as yeah, a sure the. the, the traumatic sound or a sound that goes along with a traumatic event and then does it affect your children yeah
0: yeah it does it affect your children Mm -hmm. yeah and that's quite I'm quite curious about that and um yeah I love how I love your like your your uh, theory about like all adding to that there as to how that kind of makes sense and um yeah I wonder if they could actually um analyze this even further or look at retrospectively look back like can would I don't know if if um women were able to uh, be so aware if they did have an orgasm during mm-hmm. um, the conception of their child i don't know if that could be if you look back on it if cuz we have some, so many retrospective analysis we could do yeah to see to yeah
1: see, i i have the same exact thought of like well how would you research that because i don't know if i always remember if i had exactly. an orgasm or not right yeah yeah but um I think it's it's something that would be really, really interesting for us to research and understand more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um our next response is from Ivan from Denmark. He said, I was a bit confused when Sama was talking about circumcision and the trauma that is induced as the boy feels his mother couldn't protect him, further suggesting it as a theory as to why men have a higher chance than women committing sexual assault. What were your thoughts when you heard that kind of part of the, of the podcast?
1: Well, I, I think it does make a lot of sense. You know, when we're babies, especially newborn, our only, the only thing we know is our mother, And we rely on our mother 100% for survival. She needs Mm -hmm. to feed us. She needs to love us. She needs to keep us warm. If we don't get that, it is very frightening. It's very scary. So to imagine being born and then to go through such a painful experience without your mother there, I can see how that would create just a little disconnect or a, a, a belief that, my mother isn't going to protect me. My mm. mother isn't here to protect me. I have to endure this pain without her, you know? So that becomes a subconscious belief. So it makes sense that um, that there could be a little bit of a, a disconnect from the mother between uh, boys who are circumcised and their moms. Um, Do you know you the know, percentage
0: of that at all? I don't... Would
1: you say 50%, 40%, 30%? Is I, it a regular I,
0: I, thing? I, I don't know. Yeah, I
1: don't. I don't know. I mean, I think there's lots of theories on circumcision and lots of reasons to do it and to not do it, and mm. it's definitely a very personal choice to do it or not. I think more and more um, parents are deciding not to do that because of this fact that, yeah, it's pretty traumatic. Um but I don't know the percentage of how – I don't know if we've done any research on how much it actually affects the the boy.
0: Yeah, or or if it's linked to sexual assault, like those people who do commit those sexual assault and rape and all these kinds of things, Like I don't know if they could assess that, though, if they want yeah. to. Would they, is it and like there's ethical? so much
1: more involved in what causes someone to violently attack or rape someone Mm -hmm. right I don't know Mm -hmm. if it if you could really follow the thread down to that event I think it's probably yeah I don't know probably not that it's probably Mm. that plus all these other things
0: yeah Uh, sure all these
1: other traumas that that a person who would do that is holding on to and that act is a way of gaining their power back feeling powerful when their yeah. power was taken away in some way,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, like, I'm so curious about this. Like, you know, why are why are like if there is like a, a traumatic kind of tie to it? Why are 99 percent of people that are raped or or things like that are from men? Like, why why is that? Is there something that's going on that is trauma? Like, you know, for them that's allowing them or or, or you know making them seek power or what's what's happening, Uh, you know, it's such a thing that I don't understand.
1: I think it is our culture and uh, valuing power and aggression over sensitivity and compassion. You know, we do value that. We live in a society really where it's all about power and it's mm. about getting one over on each other. I think this yeah. was brought up in the, in the podcast with Sama that the the power structures create this disconnection. We are not connected to one another. If you, if you see someone else as part of you, that you are deeply connected, you're not going to harm them. No. You're not going to rape them. But if you see the other as separate and you, whether you, deserve the power or um you want to gain the power because that makes you stronger and you know higher up that's what creates these violent acts i think is just this this disconnection from one another
0: sure well i i, I see like you know like as you're talking about that like men see women as different but i i think I have trouble understanding that, like, you know, a lot of these people have mothers and sisters and children and daughters, and yet they still are able to to try and do this to another woman. Like, it's something that I'm, I, like, it's quite difficult to comprehend. And, and even if you do have this power struggle, you're, you're really – you must see yourself superior in your own life with your, the people or fem, w- women you have in your life, right?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know
0: how
1: how it would be when you have a daughter that it would be okay for you to rape another woman, right? It just doesn't yeah. make sense. No. Mm-hmm. No. But I want to add that that disconnection, if you follow it back to the circumcision thing, that pain and not having your mother there Mm -hmm. is like maybe that original disconnection or even being born is like our original disconnection into this earth or into this world from this you know, who knows where, but my spiritual beliefs are that we come from all that is the oneness of the universe. And then we're born into the world and we immediately experience disconnection. Mm -hmm. We're disconnected from our mother. And then circumcision, that could be another disconnection that happens that feels really painful and traumatic. So it's like all of these little things adding up to violent acts. Yeah kind of that's my thought on that mm-hmm. sure
0: yeah yeah I didn't really think like I'm like well clearly we all have this just the trauma of being born you
1: mm-hmm. know and that we're
0: all trying to kind of uh heal from or 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 not allow to take over like is that the main trauma and then like it seeps into other things or we're uh, going down other paths because of this just the way we came into the world
1: yeah Yeah. And I also think that, you know, the way our parents bring us up, a lot of us aren't being seen, being heard. A lot of us internalize uh, maybe a busy parent who's got to work three jobs as, you know, I'm not lovable. There's all these ways that we internalize what happens to us that maybe isn't, um, you know, our parents could love us dearly, but they still can't give us all of our needs, right? And we mm. internalize that as we're bad, we're wrong. When we have pain, we then act out and hurt others. That, that saying, hurt people, hurt people. It's very true. It's like we perpetuate the trauma. We keep passing it down, whether it's through our genes and whatever traumas we've experienced, and it goes, you know, it shows up in our children, or through acts of violence, through through mean comments or whatever. It could be so tiny to these mm. big traumas too.
0: Sure. Would you say that that with any trauma, like or traumatic thing that you experience, is like there has to be like a heightened level of emotion as to why things can be detri- like more of a. Uh, have a stronger impact on us?
1: Meaning that the trauma is related to the actual emotional impact?
0: So like when there, something happens, you have a strong emotional, heightened emotion during or after it immediately happens. And so that is what we're trying to, if any, if a trauma that didn't have such heightened emotion to it, it's, it's easier to to kind of heal from.
1: Uh, yeah it's it's how you respond to the the situation, so the situation isn't the trauma it's how you internalize process experience that situation, so it could be extremely scary. it could be extremely sad losing losing a loved one, you know that can leave a trauma. Um, if you are prepared to lose that loved one and you've, you feel like you have closure, you can go through the grief process, you know, smoothly. If you, if it's really traumatic loss, it could leave uh, an emotional mark, but I don't think it's just the emotion because we can suppress emotion. Mm. You know, we can say that's too much. It's when our system says, whatever the experience, it's too much and I can't process it normally. So then it gets stuck in the body, it gets stuck in the physical experience. And I think you guys had talked about in the podcast, um, a lot about talk therapy and how it isn't super helpful. I mean, it, there is a time and place for it. I definitely believe in talk therapy, but I do think that now that we're bringing the body more into that therapy, that's how we're healing, uh, these traumas at a deeper level.
0: Absolutely. That actually goes into our third response um, from Flavio from Portugal. He said, I agree with Sama. Talk therapy heightens the problem and increases emotions attached to the trauma. In many cases, when major traumatic events happen, most people block them out for years until the mind can comprehend the pain. Do you agree with that response or have something to add to it?
1: Yeah, I think that um, healing requires the mind and the body. Right. And if the experience is too overwhelming, is too much, if you just keep repeating the story, it's going to just keep re traumatizing you. So to be able to be with intense emotion and intense sensation, that's how you can process and heal the trauma, is to actually feel it in the body. Mm. Um, yeah, I wanted to say one thing. And this sort of relates. Um, there's therapies that are um, the the woman I'm thinking of, she teaches, her name is Kathy Kane, and she teaches this co-regulating touch. And so a lot of us come into the world with these uh, pre-verbal traumas that we don't have a story to talk about with. But by having someone who has a regulated nervous system, Mm -hmm. put their hands on your body and just Mm -hmm. hold you, can help your nervous system find the dysregulation and help you move that energy out. So I've actually experienced this therapy with my somatic experiencing uh, therapist. And I was blown away by how simply having her hold my head and allowing me to weep and my body started to shake, I was discharging traumas that I don't even know what they're from, you know, just pre verbal, who knows what, it could simply be that birth trauma. You know, it could, maybe I fell down before I was talking and it left a mark or whatever. But um, yeah, I do think that we don't have to always just talk about it, right? We Mm. can Feel using the body and allowing the body to do what it needs to do to move that energy out. Traumas are like stuck energy in the nervous system. It's like we we clamp down on it before it was able to fully move through us. Um, The the making motions in somatic therapy, you can shake. You can do punching movements. You know, you can run. All these things can activate that initial response where we were stuck or frozen or weren't able to fight or run. We can do that process, and the body will think, "Oh, I got away." Um, and and that reminds me of the the somatic experiencing. I think you guys talked about this and. Um, how animals don't store trauma. Yes. So one great visual for that, that always stuck with me was, yeah, the lion chasing the deer or whatever, the prey and the prey, you know, run, 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 run. Maybe the lion attacked it and it froze and it's, you know, prepared to die. It gives up, but then the lion gets distracted and he runs off the the prey gets up and runs away and then when it's safe it actually shakes the Mm. whole body shakes I've seen this in videos and it's fascinating that wow. these animals are discharging that energy. They get up, they look around, they feel safe again and they can go on with their day without being afraid that they're going to die.
0: So it's about yeah. immediately releasing it clearly because like we yes. seem to do it. We don't do that. We store, store, store and then yes. we're trying to deal with like we don't know how to respond in the moment or after something happens. Yeah. In the yeah. way that will help us. Yeah. So I
1: can give an example from my own life and how I did this. And it was because I have this training and understanding. I was having a dental surgery, and I was awake for it. And, you know, very uncomfortable, very scary. I was using my breath to stay present, but still traumatic experience. And uh, as soon as they were finished, and they left the room, my body wanted to shake and I allowed it to shake and I shook for maybe five minutes just in the chair and I was like wow it's happening and my body is doing mm. it because I just I let it do what it wanted to do without consciously saying well that's weird don't do that I just let it shake so if you have a fender bender or something like really stressful happens listening to the body does it want to shake or should I run or can I make a loud sound these things yes. can move that energy in the moment
0: sure yeah yeah absolutely when you were saying earlier that um the, the when you're talking about someone touching your hand who's got their nervous system that is regulated. Mm-hmm. I wonder, though, that, like, this coach or doctor or what were they exactly? Our therapist. 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 Mm-hmm. If she were to do this with many people in the day, I would think the unregulated nervous systems would affect her nervous system and she wouldn't be able to. Like, re- it would affect her own so i think this is something because we like you said we're also connected like really either being in tune with your own or, or having yeah. some kind of level of control or even just doing with one patient a day because it would it would eventually affect your own nervous system if you're around it um in with so many different uh patients who haven't who aren't regulated their nervous systems aren't regulated it will take a toll on your own wouldn't it would you say yeah, I think any he- healing,
1: helping services, you know, doctors experience this, I'm sure, therapists, any kind of helping uh, profession, because you are experiencing so much pain, so much suffering that it is, yeah, of course, you're going to take that energy on. So it's important to have your own practices for cleansing your energy. You know, that might mean you had a really difficult patient or uh, client And you need to go home and cry. You know, you simply just cry, let it out. It's not something that you need to hold on to. So, yeah, it's very important for for professional helpers, healers to to regulate their system and to let go and not hold other people's stuff.
0: No, exactly. And I think, too, a lot of health professionals tend to put up a wall or they block or they become a bit more detached Mm -hmm. from a lot of patients. And the patient can then feel that. So I know yep. the doctor's trying to protect themselves, but then I think the patient doesn't really get the benefits from the, the treatment.
1: Yep. And that's, that goes back to us valuing, you know, the more masculine, the stoic, the I'm a doctor and I'm just here to fix you. And I can't deal with your emotional stuff. I'm going to keep that out. Mm. But when we find balance, We're going to have that where doctors do see less people in the day and they do connect with you at a deeper way and they have their own practices to purge that at the end of the day to where they're not bringing it home.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it was very interesting hearing these different responses, and I love how people add to the conversation. And that's what these cafe episodes are all about, people's perspectives, because like we said, we're all from different parts of the world. We have different experiences, we live different lives. So it's great to, you know, add to the conversation and, and give our own kind of clearer picture about what we think about these different questions and, and topics. So thank you so much, Mary, for joining me on the on the cafe discussion.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Tiffany. It was a pleasure.
0: Thank you, and uh, looking forward to our uh, pod- upcoming podcast. So, listeners, me and Mary are doing an upcoming podcast. So, be sure to tune into that. Thank you, thank you, Mary. Thank you.
1: We'll we'll talk soon.
0: Soon. Thank you for listening to the Get to Know You Cafe. If you enjoyed this podcast, rate, review, and share the podcast on Facebook or Instagram. You can tag me at Get to Know You with Tiffany Farrag. Be sure to listen to Tuesday's podcast and send in your responses for us to include next Thursday on the Get To Know You Cafe to further deepen dialogue on this topic. If you have any topics you would like us to discuss, be sure to tag me in a post with your question. Join us every Thursday on the Get To Know You Cafe.